Hey, y'all. Welcome to Recharting Your Life with Hope. I'm your host, Hope Cook. I created this podcast to help women who have amazing careers on paper and yet something is missing. You're feeling out of alignment or directionless. Maybe you're no longer motivated or excited about how you spend your days. On top of all that, I'm guessing you feel guilty because you're not more grateful for your job. And maybe you even wonder how you can possibly keep going doing this for another 10, 15, or 20 years when you can barely make it through Wednesday. Let me tell you, I've been there. After 20 years with a rewarding career as a physician assistant, I could not figure out what was wrong with me. I felt pulled in a new direction, but didn't know what that was. A series of books and conversations led me to a life-changing decision to cut way back on my day job and become a life coach. My passion became helping other women figure out what it is they want to do and map out a path to get there. So listen weekly for tips and tools you can use to chart your own journey. Do you sometimes feel like you are the only one who feels like you do about your job or your career? Do you find yourself constantly thinking, I just don't know if I can keep doing this, but what else am I going to do? Ah, what do I do about this problem? It's hopeless. Well, there's hope pun intended. We're doing a group coaching program starting in mid-January, and it'll be just women who feel like you do. So it's all based around career woes, like I don't know what to do. So we'll work through issues over, I think it's going to be a 10-week period, but that's still up in the air. And um, it'll be about six to eight women. So if you want to sign up, You can't just sign up online because I really want to talk to you and make sure it's a good fit. So send me an email, hope.cook at gmail.com, and we'll set something up. Hope to see you soon. I'm usually not that much of a perfectionist when it comes to this podcast, if you haven't been able to tell. I, I don't edit usually, but this is the fourth time I've started this stupid thing, so... I'm just going with it, even if I mess up. And ironically, this podcast episode is on perfectionism. So this past weekend, my son and I were home alone. My husband and daughter went out of town, and Eli's 15. So we were having some long conversations. I let him drive me everywhere, which was scary. But anyway, you can have really good conversations with your kids in the car because you're not making eye contact. So we had some really good conversations, and one of them was about perfectionism. We were talking about somebody who's OCD with cleaning, and, you know, he asked me where that comes from. And I said, well, I guess it's like a a form of perfectionism. And um, he said, I think I struggle with that sometimes. And on the one hand, I was like, yeah, you're the firstborn. Your room is very tidy. You make great grades. Um, So yay, you're a perfectionist. It's working for you. But at the same time, I was like, you know, I struggle with this. And I know that it can be a burden, too, to be so hard on yourself. So I said, tell me more. But instead of talking about academic struggles, guess what he's a perfectionist with? He was like, it's playing video games, you know, like I really just can't let it go if I don't get a great score and I want to keep playing and yeah, that made me kind of roll my eyes. 
I would rather him be a perfectionist when it comes to (laughs) school. But anyway, that started me thinking about all this stuff with perfectionism. So he, he and my husband, I think, are Enneagram ones. And basically what that means is that you see the world sort of in black and white. You think that everybody should follow rules. You don't understand it when people don't uh, follow the rules. Like if you don't pick up your dog poop, it really makes Enneagram ones mad. It makes me mad too, but it's like, why can't you pick up your poop? Even if it's like somebody else's yard and they don't even know the persons who lives in that house. Or even if it's, um, I don't know, like uh, parking in a no parking area when all the other spots are full. Like my husband would never do that. And occasionally I'm like, yeah, but all the other spots are full in this this little spot. Like my car can fit here and it's not going to block anybody in. If a fire truck comes, it's going to be fine. Um, so that is also, to me, a form of perfectionism. With patients, I see this, like with pickers lately, that's, that's what's on my mind. So we see people who can't stop picking. And there's a fancy name for it. You could call it, uh, it could be delusions of parasitosis where they think they have bugs under their skin. That's not really perfectionism. Um, Picking at your bumps on your face or your flaws, like some patients will do that where they just can't let it go. And they think that they're, I don't know, they think they're cleaning out the oil or something. So they just keep picking and They want their skin to be flawless. They have this perfect idea in their head of what their skin could look like if they could just clean up those bumps, if they could just scratch them off or pick them off. Um, So we see that a lot. And as their stress level ramps up, their picking ramps up. Same thing with perfectionism. You know, the more stressed you are, the more it's going to bother you when you do things, quote unquote, wrong. Um, with Christmas cards this year, y'all, oh God, I don't know why we do Christmas cards, really. It's one of those things where every year I'm like, I'm never doing these again. So I said that two years ago, and then we didn't do them last year, and my husband really missed getting all those Christmas cards from other people. So he said, I really want to do them next year. So this year, got the pictures in time, ordered the Christmas cards, and (laughs) I went over and tried to help once, and I do it messy. So I was scrawling, you know, our name or the person we were sending it to, and he, it drove him crazy. He does it very tidy. We have like a stamp with our return address on it. He has a method. He like has little check marks next to everybody's address, and that's something that it bothers him enough that he's willing to do it. It does not bother me at all. So I'm willing to let him do it. Um, this year, so this is the other thing, decluttering. We often think about decluttering drawers or closets or um, things like that. But I want us to also look at what do we need to declutter as far as perfectionism? What can you let go of? Like one of mine is getting my feelings hurt, especially by my family. I don't, I'm tough when it comes to outsiders. I don't usually get my feelings hurt, even when patients say stuff Um, or when like a, a social media, like somebody might make a comment. I don't get my feelings hurt there, but my kids can crush me 
And I don't want them to feel like they're responsible for my feelings. So I guess that's not necessarily perfectionism. It's just that, well, maybe it is because I want to be like the perfect mom, even though I know that's not realistic. Um, so then if I make a supper and they're like, that supper's horrible, then, you know, I'm like, I'm the worst mother. All right. So what are you, what are you going to notice next time you catch yourself being a perfectionist? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to say the voice in my head is saying, and then I want you to say what the voice in your head is saying. The voice in my head is saying that I have to get it perfect or I am a bad person. Ask yourself what you're making it mean if you're not perfect. That will be very telling. And it really the root of it is usually that I am a bad person or I'm a bad mother. So what are you making it mean and what is the voice in your head saying? The other thing I want you to ask is whose voice is that? Unfortunately, moms, a lot of times our voice gets stuck in our kids' heads. You know, I've started saying, stand up straight, pull your shoulders back. And they're going to hear that over the years, which is not necessarily a bad thing. I don't want slumpy kids, but it's the things that we say to them stick in their head. So be really careful if you're a labeler, like, oh, you're the funny one in the family. It may not sound bad. But then that puts a certain pressure on them, like, I can't be sad because I have to be the funny one in the family. Or I have to be the, you know, my son is like the rule follower. Well, guess what? He's not the rule follower, but that was his label for the longest time. Oh, we don't worry about him. He's a rule follower. Well, that puts a certain amount of pressure. So then in his head, he hears like, oh, if I break the rules, I'm a bad person. I know this sounds all therapy-y and woo-woo, but it really is, you start paying attention to those voices in your head and you ask yourself, whose voice is that and what am I making it mean? And it will give you some ahas. Um, when I was a teenager, I rem- I don't know where I got this because my mom, she did tell us to stand up straight, but there were certain things like, um, you know, with your bangs, like back then we had big bangs. I had like wispy bangs all in my face. And so I would like hear this voice almost like, uh, like somebody judging me. And it was, it was part of me. It wasn't like I was hearing voices, but it would be like, okay, fix your bangs or suck your gut in or shoulders back or, you know, I'm trying to think of another one. Yeah. Stand up straight, whatever. So um, in that case, it wasn't my mom's voice. I think it was just society's voice, just, you know, here reading magazines. Back then we would read like Cosmo Girl or Teen Girl or whatever it was called. But I also want you to pay attention to that voice because it's a part of you who's trying to protect you. If your voice is saying like, why are you eating all that crap, that sugar? You're going to get fat. You're going to look terrible. Yes, that voice is being hurtful, but it also is trying to protect you. It really has seen people who eat a bunch of junk and end up with diabetes or they end up with heart disease. So there's always a little sliver of truth in it, even if it hurts to hear it. If you, um, 
If you really are being hard on yourself with certain things, like with my podcast editing, I'm not a perfectionist when it comes to making sure it's just right and just perfect. But if that's something that bothers me and that plagues me, like I keep thinking about it over and over, then I'm going to pull in somebody with skills that I don't have. That's another way to deal with perfectionism. It's, it's, it's a way of seeing where you lack, and that's not a bad thing. It's not a, a sin. It's just that you may not be perfect at cutting your kid's hair, so you hire somebody to cut their hair. You know, I really whacked up my son's hair when he was two, and we took him to Donnie, and I still remember the expression on Donnie's face, and he was like, oh, my Oh my, and he fixed his hair. So if you're being super hard on yourself, like you can't follow a diet or you can't make yourself exercise, I mean, sometimes you just have to let it go and you're going to have to hire somebody to help you or barter with somebody if you can't afford it or get somebody who is really good in that area to help hold you accountable. Comparing and despairing. That's another downside of perfectionism, especially social media. Um, so my son is not on social media yet. Part of that's his, he's just not interested in it. So like I said, he's 15. He finally got an iPhone this year, um, but he's not on social media. And he still compares and despairs. And you would think guys wouldn't do that. But my, 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 they sure do. I mean, and, and you would think that if you're on the lean side, that you would not worry so much about your body. But people who are on the really thin side also have issues with comparing their body with other people. And that's the case with him. Um, my daughter talks about one of the girls she's friends with and how all the teachers love this kid. And she's the teacher's pet and she can do no wrong. And, you know, but I said, Ollie, everybody has their flaws. Like she, you may look perfect on the outside, but I guarantee you she struggles in other ways. Um, she may struggle with her confidence. One of the girls that I grew up with who seemed to be like Miss Perfect, I mean, she later, she confessed that she had like a lot of mental struggles around this because everybody thought she was perfect. And so she had to sort of uh, maintain that facade. So be careful with judging other people who seem perfect and then pay attention on social media. Um, if it gets your blood pressure kind of boiling when you're looking at Facebook or social media, that is a clear sign that you are comparing and despairing. All right, you have to be okay with good enough. So what is your definition of good enough? Get in the habit of saying this out loud or writing it. So good enough. I, with cooking, I used to cook every single night. I mean, we would have something cooked. There would either be the stove on or the oven on. I do not do that anymore. Good enough is sushi on Wednesday nights because it's $5 or it used to be. Now it's six. Um, or a rotisserie chicken, also $5 Monday nights. You have to be okay with good enough. With this podcast, I never would have hit publish if I was not okay with good enough. With um, 
Yeah, with work, I do not have perfect notes. They are good enough. Um, yeah, with my exercise, I do 30 minutes of hit, like uh, high intensity and weights. 30 minutes. I don't do an hour anymore. I used to do an hour, two or three days a week. Now it's 30 minutes. And if I get really tired, I'm just going to quit for that day. <laughs> it's good enough. The Yesterday, I took a 10-minute walk and I decided it is freezing. I'm freezing my butt off. So I went back inside and I was like, you know what? Good enough. Um, I went to work out Monday and the lady, Caroline, I've interviewed her. She went around the room and said, all right, what's your goal for the week? I want to hear. I can. And then fill in the blank. And so I said, I can eat only one holiday cookie today. And I didn't give myself like huge, you know, I can do 100 push-ups this week. Instead, I picked one goal because we had just made iced Christmas cookies and I knew that I was going to want a bunch. So my good enough goal was I can eat only one cookie. Um, okay, let's see. Laugh at yourself. This is another way to treat perfectionism. You have to be willing to laugh at yourself. This past week, I was sitting in a chair at my dermatology job in the hallway, like filling, doing my notes, and I stood up and I pulled my foot out from under me while I was sitting in the chair. You know how you sit on your feet? Anyway, it made the loudest noise that sounded like a fart. And so I said, y'all, I did not fart. And just when I said that, my patient walked out of the room and I was so embarrassed, but I also laughed. Like it struck me as really funny. Um, another time, this was the only time I've fallen in the room, but I stand on stools because I'm short and I have to be able to see the tops of people's heads. And so I lost my footing and I fell off the stool and grabbed the patient's arm because I didn't mean to, but I just grabbed her arm. And I think I left a bruise on her arm, but she was really sweet about it. And I still, every time I see her, I, we laugh about it because I really could have been hurt. She could have been hurt too with me grabbing her arm. Um, and then lastly, I wanted to close with things to reassure you that I'm not perfect. Um, I scream at my, I don't scream. I yell at my kids more than I want to. Um, last night we went through Dairy Queen without telling my son, my daughter finished an orthodontist appointment and she and I were starving. It was five o'clock. So we snuck through Dairy Queen and then we hid the trash at the bottom of the trash can. Um, I make humongous to-do list, like 30 items. And then I beat myself up about it. Like I'll keep that same to-do list for weeks and just look at it to like make myself feel bad about not getting it all done. Um, I hate deep cleaning, really do. I will work till I die as long as I can pay for a cleaning lady. Um, I hate putting myself out there on social media. I really don't post very much and it's, I just don't. I still hear, <laughs> I still hear like other people's voices or what I think are their voices, like kind of judging. So I don't know why podcasts are easier. I don't get too self-conscious about that. And yeah, I think that's everything. I wear my shoes in the house when my husband's not home. It's kind of a, like he, he really prefers us not wear our shoes in the house, 
but because he doesn't listen to the podcast, I can say this. But yes, like right now I have my tennis shoes on and they probably have dirt on the bottom, but I'm okay with that. All right. I will catch y'all next week. We'll talk about another decluttering thing you can do for the end of the year. Thank y'all for listening. It was so much fun talking to you today. All right, if you are ready to make some major changes in your life, if you're at the point where you are sick and tired of feeling stuck and directionless and you really don't know what to do next or where to go, maybe it's time we had a little chat. So I have it set up on my website. You can schedule a free 30-minute discovery call and we'll sit down and decide if we're a good fit. Maybe you'd prefer group coaching. Maybe you need one-on-one coaching or maybe you just want to talk and and say hello. So go on over to my website. It's coachhopecook.com. That's H-O-P-E-C-O-O-K.com and schedule the free discovery call. And I can't wait to talk to you. So See you next week, and hopefully I'll talk to some of you before that.